you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the League Podcast falls asleep to the bonkers sacks. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hansen, and I'm joined by a room with some heroes, Chris Wessling and Mark Sessler. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. How you doing? Uh, Greg Rosenthal has some uh, boss matters to attend to. He may, he may show up. We don't know. During the show, he, may, he might storm in. He might not at all. So we're just going to plow on without him and hopefully make him proud. We just want to do right by you, Pa. <laughs> boss matters typically includes a three-figured priced lunch somewhere, from what I understand. <laughs> Is that what it's like? I guess so. He's always shrouded in mystery, eating expensive meals somewhere. Cambridge Behind the Glass, how are you? What's up, guys? I'm great. Uh, what's what's uh, how's life? Life is good, you know. I'm working on something very big for our show coming up. Ooh, can you so, give us any hints? Um, you know, I would love to so much. Um, <laughs> Ooh, I, don't, I like I don't, this. I don't like giving away hints. Then you'll guess. You guys are educated men, and I want Semi. our listeners to have something to look forward to. All right, all right, that's fair. That's fair. And there's someone behind you. Who's behind you? Welcome in, Zach Goldman. Say hi, Zach. Oh. Hello. Hey, Zach. How what you is doing? Zach doing there? Is he is he just staring at you? Is there something nefarious going on? At first, on? I thought he was just staring at me, <laughs> and I was like, someone get this guy. <laughs> no, he's, uh, he's learning all about the ATL because he loves this podcast so much. I mean, is there a better place to learn about the world of podcasting and communications than this high-level outfit? The world in general, really. <laughs> See, <laughs> just a bunch of absurd people. Okay, so we have we have a big show today, and you know you know the the centerpiece of the show, and we're going to hold it to the end because that's again professional podcast. You put the heat in the back end and make people stick around. Win Wes's toaster is back. The sound effect is always a little like less impressive than I want it to be. It's so it's almost like and. I, I'm the voice of Win West's Toaster, so that, that's kind of on me. It's like, Win West's Toaster. He sounds a little tired. He sounds beat. He sounds like, why am I doing this? Threw it into a volcano or something. <laughs> it's a guy falling to his death uh, doing voiceover work. Uh, yes, we're doing Win West's Toaster. Wes is looking to take down Sham. It is the matchup of the century. Mark Mark actually has goosebumps, I could tell from here. No, it's, uh, I mean, the fact that we had to wait this long for this rematch... Good programming in a way, but it's like waiting for Mad Men. It's like, come on already. That's yeah. what happens when you have Donald King running Win West's toaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, also, we have uh, we're going to talk. We got a fork to stick. We're running out of stick of sticking a fork. Stick a fork in them. We'll uh, have to candidates. take another one off Mark's shelf. Yeah, we Since might have to do that. That's where he keeps his forks. Uh, we're going to talk <laughs> the Thursday night game. We're going to do a little preview. Uh, we're going to talk about the biggest personal disappointment of uh, of the season so far for all of us. Football of season. Yeah. Uh, actually, when we were talking about the show before, I accidentally said biggest personal regret, which would have went down a, a very dark road for all of us, I'm sure. <laughs> I have a few terrible searing regrets. Yeah. Mark, you actually signed all your tweets, hashtag no regrets. So. 
I do. That and blessed. <laughs> um, but we will start, as we always do on Wednesday, with K-Rich, the beautiful K-Rich, with the headlines. All right, guys, coming up, number one. I'm sure you guys remember that kid, Cousins, Kirk Cousins, last season, played pretty well in RG3 spot. He is going to start for the Washington Redskins this week, and RG3 will be inactive. Well, I think K. Rich painted that in a very cheery fashion. It's sort of a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> an odd turn of events in Washington, and I think that... How did this happen? I know. What exactly is happening in D.C.? How did RG3 just get scratched and eliminated from the final quarter of the season or whatever, or close to it, because he is not hurt? I don't... Wes? He's 100% healthy, according to everybody associated with the Redskins. This is without precedent. John Madden today, who is basically a walking football historian (laughs) said he's never even heard of benching a player who's perfectly healthy just sitting him out and saying he called it ridiculous it's a ridiculous idea that you would bench a uh, your franchise quarterback who has no health issues and that said i feel like shanahan who on monday sort of struggled through his press conference kind of controlled the room he did and i thought that uh not enough reporters were dubious of his answers. I didn't believe a word of it. If he's not, if he's healthy enough to play the first three, 13 games, if you can risk him then, why? what's so different about the last three games? Well, and Shanahan said that he it wasn't a man out on an island just you know pulling levers, that he, as far as a week ago, went and spoke with Daniel Snyder and that they came to this agreement together. I, it just It's hard to unpack what's happening here because... Again, there's no indication. RG3 has not been playing well, obviously. And yeah, he wasn't healthy earlier in the year, but that doesn't seem to be the and, issue right now. And let's let's also say, yes, on balance, he has not been playing well, especially this past week, although the game got away from the Redskins in all facets, not just the quarterback play. But he's had, he's had games where he's played great. I mean, he's obviously not what he was last year. But he didn't, to me, he wasn't showing anything like, oh, you need to get this guy off the field because he's, he's a threat to himself. No. At no point did Shanahan say this was about competitive reasons. It was only because an injury would devastate, use the word devastate, RG3's career because he, wouldn't, he would have a second straight offseason where he couldn't participate. And like I said, I don't know why it's different this week than it was last week. It seems arbitrary to me that you would just decide that a guy, at this point, he's taken too many hits. I don't know. It seems odd. What else is in the news, Kay Rich? All right, guys. Packers head coach Mike McCarthy announced that Aaron Rodgers did practice in a limited fashion, but he's still not medically cleared. Here's another uh, not quite as, uh, you know, pulp novely mystery, but this is this is kind of interesting what's happening here. It's, he, he actually potentially took first-team reps today well, as well. I, I, so I wrote a post on what McCarthy said in the press conference, which – really emphasize, look, he he did some work today, but he's not been cleared. And let Kind of let's hold our expectations down. And then I start getting uh, tw- uh, IMs from Wes showing me that Andrew Corliss, the tight end, is telling another reporter later, no, 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 he played with the first team. 
I mean, I guess they're testing him to see where his threshold is, but he, that was new news. He came out yesterday and said last week when he practiced, he had to shut it down because he was in pain, which is a concern because three weeks ago he said the, there is no more pain left. It's only about waiting for the scan to say the fracture is healed. So what they're doing today, I presume, is seeing if there's pain this week because there was last week. And if he gets through that, maybe he has a chance to play. But even then, they have to let, they have to make sure the scan okays it. I thought it was eye-opening that he did come out on Tuesday and say that he was still having pain last week, which now tells you, first it felt like the situation was, this guy's ready to go, but the organi- organization is wisely, you know, they're, they're taking all the precautions they can because he is the franchise. Now all of a sudden it's like, wait, he's not even physically right. And if, if he doesn't play this week, and I don't know, I still think it would be surprising if he did play this week after what he said on Tuesday. If he doesn't play this week and they do lose, then I personally would be on board with shutting him down because if he isn't right physically now, next a week from now or two weeks from now, it's still too close to when he wasn't feeling right, and what's the point if they're out of the mix? Well, and real quick, Ian Rappaport, a team source, told him that the Packers don't expect him to be cleared and they don't expect him to play. They expect Flynn to start. But last week at this time when we were going through this, they hadn't even scheduled a scan between now and Sunday. So we need to know that there's a scan scheduled and he's going to have to pass that. Anything else in the news? Okay, Rich. Yeah, Shaw Towns head coach Mark Tressman says the Bears are optimistic about Jay Cutler's return. A lot of QB heat in the news today. There is... No controversy in Chicago because Trestman's handled this pretty well. He stayed on point with his message, and it seems Jay Cutler has the support of his locker room, or at least the support of the most vocal member of the locker room, Brandon Marshall. McCown has played well. You can make a strong argument that they have a better chance to win with him at quarterback. It's funny because I feel like there was a time probably before I even latched on to football to some degree where... About 75 to 80 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Like where the, where the job of the backup was to do old. exactly what McCown's done. Come in, keep the offense going, and when the starter's ready, there's no question he'd come back. But not today, right? It's like, especially with the future of Cutler, there is some issue. This team is hanging in there for the playoffs. If Cutler comes in and he doesn't play well and they drop a game, there's going to be issues. Yeah, I agree with that. Then it will become a controversy. But I think you hit the nail on the head. What's different about this case is is Cutler's future, which is we've heard from our uh, NFL media insiders that the Bears don't want to use the franchise tag. They're probably willing to let Cutler walk. It seems that they may just sign McCown to a cheap deal and draft a quarterback. So if if... Cutler isn't your guy for the future. Why is he your guy for the present as well as McCown has played? That's fair. Thank you, K. Rich. Always. Hey, speaking of RG3, this got me thinking, and I want to throw it to you guys. Um, biggest personal disappointment of the 2013 season. And for me, it's a no-brainer. For me, it is what's happened with Robert Griffin III. Um, he is a, I'm not a big college guy, but... Griffin is one guy that I actually followed at college because he went to Baylor, where is where my wife went, and I would go. I would go to Texas uh, near Labor Day, and they, everyone would be talking about this guy. I would watch games, and then he came into the league and just tore the league up as a rookie. And it seemed to me at the time, and I remember saying, and I wrote about it last year um, before the knee injury, that he was the face of the NFL of the future. Like he was going to take that torch from Tom Brady potentially. And what, what has happened now is almost the worst-case scenario. He blew out the knee in January. The absolute worst-case scenario is that that was a career-ending injury. The second worst-case scenario is what has played out, which is 
Um, he came back too soon. He didn't play well. He he ca- caught a lot of criticism. Now he got tangled in this bizarre situation where he's getting shut down, and he's now lost all career momentum to the point where now he has to start over. Uh, as, as we know, he'll be healthy in the off-season program, and then go into a training camp with questions around him and a new coaching staff, most likely. And he'll be a guy that has uh, answers or questions to answer. That could be a motivation for him because all of a sudden he has doubters that he maybe didn't have before the knee injury when he went on fire. But at the same time, it's really disappointing to see that his career has went from such a high point to this complete mess that he's in right now. I think you said it well. The thing that sticks out to me is the part you said about he could become kind of the NFL's face. He could replace Brady as that guy. And he's developed a reputation now as sort of a diva. Right. And it seems that some of that is well-deserved. Now, he's only 23 years old. We can't really kill him for it yet. But he he might have to repair that image a little bit. He might have to tone it down a little bit, not try to be playing uh, marionette behind the scenes with, with the owner. But I, I think he, there are some similarities to Cam Newton, where he struggled in his second year and rebuilt himself in his third. And I think, to me, the big thing with him on the field is playing without that knee brace. I don't think he can be the same quarterback as long as he's wearing that brace. It's funny because I got a tweet um, today, actually, a few, uh, probably two months ago, and I know this probably happened to you guys too. Um, you'll tweet something, um, a bit of criticism toward a team, and then something, the season goes along, and then a fan from that team will throw that tweet back at you. And it was after a particularly grim Rams game on, I believe, a Thursday night where they had really bad quarterback play. And I had tweeted at the time, uh, just a reminder. Uh, Rams fans, you could have had RG3, something like that. And then a Rams fan came back at me, and this is fair play. He came back at me and said, uh, ha do you still feel this way now or something? And I wrote back, yeah, I still do. I'm not writing RG3 off. I still would probably rather have an RG3 with question marks than Sam Bradford. But at the same time, it's not so clear anymore. So I'll throw it to you, Mark, your biggest disappointment. I think for me, you know, you look at what's happened in Philadelphia with this offense and the fact that uh, offensive coordinator Pat Shermer just hasn't gotten the credit deserved for his work in that <laughs> offense. What? All right, not that one. That's not. That's not. No, no, no. I don't feel that way. No, my. I listen. My. I think my biggest disappointment is, and I am actually. I was actually in for a second there. I know you were, and I think you were. The, the wheels were spinning in your head there, Dan. But no, I feel that Pat Shermer's gotten the credit that he deserves, and that is uh, very little. Um, <laughs> All right, how about a real answer? A real one. Mr. Well, Funny I think guy. for me, and I'll, uh, you know, a turning point. Yeah, I should call you Mirth Sessler. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Let's steer away from that. Uh, Browns fan, obviously, and th- yes. for me, there was a this moment of hope when Hoyer, Brian Hoyer, came in and I thought did something that a few quarterbacks for Cleveland's done in a long time: show a quick release, quick decision making, not an epic disaster. <laughs> and I look, listen, there's some hope. This guy's moving the team, and they have a good defense already. Then suddenly, uh, the night they're playing the Bills on yeah, Thursday night, night I get I get two texts. The first is from my wife, who says that my car has been hit. <laughs> So I had to leave my viewing station and go... Uh, a viewing station. Let's clarify what that means, <laughs> Well, I was... No, I'd wandered into a local pub to watch yes, it because I wasn't you. working. I thought I wanted to They're enjoy this game. They're not called viewing set- <laughs> well, stations. It's a, it was so technically... It's like a, a space station. It was technically George correct. Clooney. And so I rush off on foot uh, to go find, like, where she is with the car and everything. And as I'm coming back, Dan texts me to say, Oh, Hoyer is down and it does not look good. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? Season over, baby. And it has been from a quarterback angle. That, was, that was a bummer because it did seem 
it was that home crowd on a Thursday night, and it, who knows if Brian Hoyer. When Wes is shaking his head, you, before, in in this in you the scope, sir are a one man factory of sadness. Hold on, in the scope <laughs> of Brown's quarterback play, and I'm not anointing you Hoyer. Are a factory of sadness. Fair enough. <laughs> no, it's it's so you personify the Browns' experience that your most disappointing moment of the year involves Brian Hoyer. Mm, that's fair. Well, from a Browns fan angle, I think that that right. Yeah. It just I think it speaks volumes about what it means to be a Browns fan that your biggest disappointment involves a guy who the rest of the league didn't want. All right, Wes. Well, what's your biggest disappointment? <laughs> My biggest disappointment is the Houston Texans, who I thought were a. Oh, wait a second! Into the room comes the man they call the boss. Hey now, Greg Rosenthal. <laughs> He's in the house. I know he's the boss, but is it really okay for him to just walk in and out whenever he wants <laughs> to? It's absolutely all right. He well, controls all the he shots. He makes the rules. <laughs> well, I heard there was a there was a rumor that Win Wes's toaster is going to be oh, part of coming up. part of this show. Yes, a robust segment. And so I just thought I would make a stand and and not be part of the show on the day <laughs> that that was on because it's a travesty. It's the game should have been <laughs> over <laughs> already. It, there was complicated award. You know, there was. I don't know what was going on last time, <laughs> but it should have been over, and well, so I don't support it. Oh, but I'm here. No, it's great there to see no you, Greg. Mike Tomlin-like sideline episode. The scoreboard says I won the game. Sure. All right, let's stay on point. Uh, Sorry, I really <laughs> was reporting some news from our ultimate boss, Roger Goodell, downstairs. Rog. I wouldn't, I I wouldn't miss cool this for the world. Um, Greg, get in your think tank and come up with your mo- biggest disappointment. First, Wes, you tell us yours this season. Biggest disappointment, not regret. My biggest biggest disappointment <laughs> is the Houston Texans, who I thought would be a contender for the Super Bowl in the AFC. I thought they had a talented roster, the best defensive player in football, great running game. DeAndre Hopkins was going to come in and add to the offense. Ben Tate was going to be healthy, and this was going to be a team that just steamrolled through. Well, Hold they they steamrolled through two. By the way, wait a minute. Hold on. How can you call that a disappointment? Because you wouldn't have unearthed your man crush, Case Keenum, had they not stumbled <laughs> as hard as they did. Kate, my man crush. You know that was like six weeks of bliss. Now, well, that's apart. about how long most man crushes probably R- right. go on. By the way, little yeah, really, come on. Advanced metrics. I'll throw like a Ooh. stat out for you guys. Texans are on an eleven-game losing streak. <laughs> Did you find that on Football Outsiders? Football Focus. Dug it up. <laughs> Dug it up. Yeah. Uh, go on. So, yeah. So, that's... Yeah, they they started off the season. They had to come back for two victories. They outplayed some great teams and still lost the game. They're just... They're a factory of sadness. Dead last, the Houston Texans, on Elliot Harrison's groundbreaking power rankings that come out each and every week. Dead last, the Houston Texans. How about the Houston uh, radio station <laughs> that aggressively pursued Dan to chide him? I haven't heard from them yet. Right. Uh, Dan calls them an 8-8 eight and eight team, which, you know, y- you didn't call them a 2-14 and 14 team. Right. And yeah. they just acted like, oh, you know, this guy's a little bit of an amateur football right. analyst. Which We're going to have some fun with him. How about a little love here for Dan Hansis? Well, nice job. It's I didn't have him in the playoffs either, but Dan had him at 8-8, eight and, eight, and he took the heat. And we like to pick on Dan for all the terrible predictions he Ow! made. But he nailed this one, the Texans <laughs> I also had the Falcons going 13-3, and three, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> but really, it's like I said that soccer was the best sport in Texas. Like, the, the way that the reaction was pretty pretty um, out there. But, yeah, so that, that was a bummer. Greg, how about you? Biggest disappointment? Well, I'll tell you what's not my biggest disappointment. The Redskins falling flat on their face. I enjoy that quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. I just had to throw that in there. It's a shadowy <laughs> league figure watching you in the corner. Be careful. The Steelers are my biggest disappointment. I thought they would be in the AFC Championship. 
I thought Ben Roethlisberger had a chance to have an MVP season. That's in writing. He's played pretty well, actually. There's a there's an article out there on Sports on Earth by Mike Tanier, who's a great writer, who said who actually called Ben Roethlisberger the MVP of lost causes at quarterback. He went through different oh. positions, so he he's supporting the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> if only you had added that caveat, lost causes, yeah. to the end of your yeah, prediction, yours, you would be in good yours shape. Yours is just straight up best they, player in the league, they, 2013. <laughs> they haven't had two losing seasons in a row since '99, 2000, I believe. Oh, believe me, I can tell you that's true. Right. Mike Tomlin, I thought, is a good coach. I think they've been able to put together the roster. Everything I knew about Dick LeBeau has fallen apart. Troy Palomalo and Ryan Clark are one of the worst safety groups mm. in the league. Warren Sapp's prophetic words, old and slow. I was going to say, we should give Warren Sapp some credit here. When Daniel Thomas and Ryan Tannehill <laughs> and Charles Clay are all breaking off 45-yard runs through your secondary, there's a problem. That's big, big play, Clay. I might give my biggest disappointment just to their defense. So there you go. The Steelers' defense. That was a good one. I have one more disappointment, but I am not Eric Decker. <laughs> what? Why? You find life. him handsome, don't you? You're so not handsome. Eric Decker? I'm not that I'm not him. Dan has referred many times to how handsome he is. I think you have a wonderful wife of your own. Yeah, I think well, you're doing no. better on the wife department. I'm well, not yeah. so excited about this. I think about your this. wife's way hotter than Eric Decker's wife. Well, thanks, Wes. Potentially. You're going to have to take you out of the holiday party mix, potentially, for that. But, uh, you know, mix alcohol with Wes's affection for Sweet Emily. Who knows what happens? It all goes off the rails. That could be a new podcast. I could end up tied to the train tracks by midnight that night. That's a cartoon. Now, that would be potentially disastrous for your personal life, but it would be great for the podcast ratings. I mean, a little drama. (laughs) Yes. Potentially disastrous. We need something to talk about in February. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's move on. Time for the podcast. Speaking of the Steelers. Stick a fork in them. Here lies the Pittsburgh Steelers, who gave a firm rogering to the benefit of the doubt the Around the League team gave them all season. Is there any doubt the Big Ben Todd Haley relationship will end in a Dateline episode? <laughs> Why would a man murder his coach? <laughs> <laughs> That's my Keith Morrison. Well, Greg, I'll let you start this one because I know you have personal ties to the Steelers, as we just spoke about. Little known fact, there was some debate whether we should even fork the Steelers this week. Chris Wesseling still held out some hope. Mark Sessler seemed like he had a little bit of doubt, but I, I convinced them, even though I've been rooting for the Steelers this year, that they're done. Why did, why did you doubt it still? It has really nothing to do with the Steelers and everything to do with the Dolphins and Ravens. Don't the Steelers have eight losses? Yes. Let's not act like we're being brave here. I mean, well, I think no, I'm not. I, like, as I've been saying for the past month, I think the AFC final spot will be won by an eight and eight team. So if the Steelers win their final three, a lot rides on whether Aaron Rodgers plays next week in Green Bay against mm. the Steelers. I don't. I would be happily fork the Steelers in that circumstance. An eight win team could get in, but it's going to be really hard for the Steelers to beat that be that eight team win eight team team because they lost to the Dolphins. Yes. Yeah. It's and it's they split with the Ravens, so their record against those two teams is going to be one and two. By Football Outsiders playoff odds, the Steelers dropped from thirty percent to one percent after the loss to the Dolphins. Uh, you're banking on Miami losing out and the Steelers winning out. So Which it doesn't seem that all that unrealistic. It doesn't, to me. but it's that's what would have to happen. And spinning forward, this is a team. It's it's the defense that we were talking about earlier that they need to be focusing on to get back to the playoffs potentially next year. I want to know: Is Dick LeBeau going to be back? 
Is Mike fo- Tomlin for sure going to be back? Well, we in the newsroom yesterday, we played before or after Monty Kiffin's birth, a new game show that we <laughs> like to play. <laughs> and Dick LeBeau was born two years before Monty Kiffin. Mm. He's 76 years old. So, so one's just a better coach. Yes. What was the best one before, born before or after Pearl Harbor? Well, I got I stumped Andrew Siciliano on before or after <laughs> Frank Sinatra joined Tommy Dorsey's band. <laughs> <laughs> what does this Steelers defense really have to get excited about? Because all their young draft picks like Cameron Hayward and Ziggy Hood, these guys that they were hoping would step up, really haven't stepped I'll up. I'll give you two names. Casey Hayward has played well for about the past five or six weeks. And Jason Worlds, ever since they moved him from right outside linebacker to left outside linebacker the past four weeks, has played great. Isn't he? A f- I think he's a free agent. Yeah, just in yeah. time just in for time free to go get some money. <laughs> yeah. Well, hasn't this front office been uh, lifted up and hoisted up for years as this perfectly sensible, great decision-making outfit that actually hasn't drafted very well? Not lately. The it's last three years. Not kind, lately. Of, kind of reminiscent of A.J. Smith with the Chargers, where he was considered one of the best drafters in the NFL. And then he went on a three- or four-year run where he just struck out left and right. And that's what the Steelers have done. They've drafted horribly. I mean, Ike Taylor's way past his prime. I don't think he's going to be back. Palomalo, Ryan Clark, Brett Kiesel. Is Jarvis Jones even getting on the field right now? Not much. What's the point? Woodley's been injured, so he's playing a little bit. But I don't think he'd be playing if Woodley was healthy. Hmm. But they like to bring their draft picks along slowly, but that isn't why some of these guys are being brought along slowly. Le'Veon Bell... Looks pretty good. Yeah, he does. David DeCastro looks pretty good. It's not like they're totally devoid of talent. I think there's there's at least a little bit of question whether Ben Roethlisberger is going to be available. I a, don't think trade. at this point there is, but uh, that would be foundation rocking. All right, our next our next meeting of the four committee, we have to at some point figure out an end game when <laughs> when we stop forking teams because <laughs> we can't take it to week 17. It becomes farce. So we'll figure that out. We'll maybe talk about it uh, on the next podcast. Well, there's only one more week in between, so I guess that leaves us next week. All right, next week, the final forking week. So get excited. <laughs> and all you teams that you know haven't been forked yet, you're not out of the woods yet. And I know that leads to a lot of fear and trepidation, but don't be fearful. You know what? We're going to have a written <laughs> piece this week that you can check out on Around the League on NFL.com. Just updating in case you forgot all the teams that we forked so far. So get that ready, print it out, and give it to your kids for Christmas. Okay, real quick before <laughs> that would be a bad <laughs> yeah. Christmas present. Go over really well. <laughs> um, before we get to Win Wes's toaster, let's do one more topic. Let's talk about the Thursday night game. Uh, this is the San Diego Chargers heading to Mile High to face the Broncos. Uh, the game has has relevance for both teams. The Chargers basically at the win to have any shot at the playoffs still. Broncos are looking to lock up home field advantage. This, to me, feels like a, a blowout 40-50 to 50 burger. Hmm. Uh, the Chargers had the 28th-ranked 28th defense going into Denver in primetime. Doesn't feel right. Uh, someone want to explain to me or sell me on how this could be a game that goes into the fourth quarter as competitive? The Broncos have the 26th-ranked defense. Yeah, I could see this being a high-scoring right. shootout that isn't Still actually... Not I could see this being close. 50-burger and a 40-burger. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. The Broncos' secondary does not look g- very good lately, and I think Phillip Rivers, after a little bit of a lull, has played fantastic the last couple weeks, and he could put up 40 points in Denver trying to stay with Peyton. Why not? By the end of last week's game, the Broncos were playing without six starters on defense. Ooh. They had benched Wesley Woodyard, who was basically Pro Bowl caliber, caliber last year, benched Duca Nacho, who looked great early in the season. I am Nacho. 
That's and they have four names. guys injured. They're, this is not a good defense right now. I'm also really excited to see Peyton Manning against arguably the worst defense in the entire league. I have to admit, this Peyton Manning season, Wesseling has been all about it. It's been excited from the beginning. Mark seems to like it. You like offense. It's average. I'm, I mean, what, the Broncos season? You know, offense. Uh, oh, offense, sure. Well, it's half the game. It's it's left it's me third of it's the left game. me a little cold when I watch them. I don't I don't get that excited by these nine yard passes and it's all precise. What about the last two weeks? That's what I'm getting to, yeah. baby. All right. The last two weeks, Peyton Manning is dropping bombs on people. Everything is down the field. Uh, unbelievable throws. I swear he's made more insane throws in the last two weeks than he made the whole rest of the season. I think it's been his best two games of the year. And it gets me a little excited. It sounds like it. Wes Welker, by the way, out with a concussion. So we'll see if that takes a little wind out of their sails. I don't think it does. I think Welker this has been a great addition, but I don't think he's by. He's not the reason why this no, team is a no record Jenga setting piece team. There. More on this off. Jacob Tanami is going to step right in and not play second tight end. He will play slot receiver for them. He lined up, I think, on 45 straight snaps in the slot after Welker left last week. And don't overlook this running game. Over the last four weeks... Mm. The Broncos have 100 more rushing yards than every other AFC team in the league. Monte Ball coming in. Great compliment to Sean Marino. This offense is clicking on all cylinders no matter who they throw out there. I remember when I was young and I would play like Madden seasons. I know for Dan that was like a year ago. But I, I would you you you'd ha- you couch some dominant team through like a schedule where you'd be a sniper so- shot. It was well, no, I mean that. I gave up on video games a while ago. I believe I, my sense is you played video games more recently. Is that no, not accurate? Not really, but that, go ahead. Nice dig. Okay, well. good heat. <laughs> and you're alienating like half the people that listen yeah. to us. So I don't. Cool. I don't not. I, I just simply old man river. Finish your point. Probably even more dangerous <laughs> habits. But uh, I I would recommend you pick up the Genesis by Sega. And I'll do the bangle <laughs> thing. I'll While you're it. listening to your Genesis <laughs> records. <laughs> I guess I look at the Broncos the way that I'd play that like a Madden season where you're so dominant that you can say, you know, for the next two weeks, I'm just going to work on my running game. Oh, and this week I'll work on uh, this Is one Is that what you play. did with Madden? You uh, just yeah, worked on certain aspects of your Because you're dominating teams <laughs> so, a lot so heavily. Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, <that> old <laughs> Mark, I play on the easy level, Sessler. No, what's not easy I level? I have to work on my running game right, this week. Yeah, Mark's like, really got to work on my run blocking this, this week. Is the guy Everything that, power. Did, Listen, you, did Mark, you script your plays? Sure. Mark's theory <laughs> that he had a lot of girlfriends in high school just went out the window. Well, I, I'm not sure I ever said a lot. I had some, which is different than Mark, some in this room. Here's how old Mark and I are. There was no Madden when we were in high school. Oh. It was super. Incorrect. It was Tecmo Super Bowl. Well, there was, yes. Tecmo bled into Madden. Are we off the rails yet here on this <laughs> no, discussion? No, I, I like I this. Know. I'm excited oh, So you're this. saying, all right, Mark, yeah, to get, get back, back on point. point. So you're saying that they're so good that they're just kind of trying different things out at this point, waiting for the Well, I think, listen, you're able to do what you do, and then, listen, for two weeks we're going to focus on an aggressive, more downfield uh, passing game. By the way, we're going to get our running game going in the middle of this. You take one person out of the mix, doesn't change them it's at all. It's a bizarre concept, just deciding to score 40 to 50 points every it, week. It is pretty interesting. It makes them really impossible to, to defend now that they can do this at for most of the season, I thought they could get picked off, but after watching those two games, now I don't. Now I don't think so. All right, Greg. So you know what's the next segment, right? Oh, wait. We're really. Yeah, this is it. It's time. We're going to give you an option before we begin. <laughs> you can either stay or you can go and take care of some administration, admi- administrative work. It's up to you. I'm going to go, and uh, <laughs> thank you for your support. 
I'm going to also try to stick a fork in this segment. This is it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just win. Let's rig it, Crystal. Let not someone on the phone win. not it if Wes wins. I'm feeling pretty confident today. All right. Bad luck to you. All right. <laughs> Goodbye, Greg. All right. All this stuff that we've been talking about today, it doesn't matter. None of it really matters. The only reason I'm here, the only reason I came into work today on my off day was another edition of America's Favorite Game. And I'll tell you what, this is a very special Win Wes's Toaster because we all remember what happened the last time we played about a month ago. High-level controversy. One of the most controversial things to ever happen in the world uh, when Sham, um, a loyal ATL listener, uh, seemed to defeat Wes uh, by one question. And then as it turned out, the question, which was about who had the longest active consecutive game streak, um, my research team, led by Lyle the intern, had come up with Eli Manning when the answer was Reggie Wayne. So, in, that, in, the real, in reality, Wes tied with Sham and had him on the tiebreaker with the time, so Wes won. However, we sent Sham his toaster anyway because we thought that Sham, at the time, was the winner. We weren't going to take it away from him, but we said, it was a caveat, we said... Got to get Sean back on. It's going to be a Rocky Two situation. Rocky versus Apollo. We're going to find out once and for all who is the true toaster master. And here we go. We got Sean on the line. Are you there, Sean? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, wow. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you very much. First, thing, first things first, Sean. You received the toaster. It was sent to you. I just want to make sure. Con- confirming receipt. Confirming receipt and constant usage. Really? Oh. <laughs> Sh- Sham is a big uh, Packers fan, as we know, and um, it was a Packers toaster. Um, and just to make it clear, since we sent Sham a toaster, he's not going to get another toaster if he beats West. No, that would be... Because, listen, please. Sh- Sham, you know, you don't want to be greedy about this. And it's, it's more than enough just to potentially defeat Wes once and for all and prove you're the master of trivia for the Around League podcast. Isn't that right? That is absolutely right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming on, Shaman. Why don't we get this thing going? So, Wes, you will step in behind the glass and join join K. Rich, Mark Sessler, as always. Mark, you are the timekeeper. Yeah, I feel a little more confident about that task than I did in previous episodes. Yes. And for those of you who have not listened in on this game, the, a brief rundown of the rules. Uh, there will be six questions, and the... First contestant will get the six questions. It will be timed. After those six questions are up, Wes will come into the room, get the same six questions. Whoever gets more is the winner of the toaster or the the title of trivia. If it's a tie, it's broken by Mark Sessler's timekeeping. And uh, that's how the game works. Sham, you are aware of all this, correct? Yes, I am. Yeah, he knows the rules because the guy's got glory in his heart. All right, Sham, here we go. Best of luck to you. Let's play the game. Win Wes's toaster. Okay. What Baltimore Ravens player was named NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 2003? Ray Lewis. Who was the centerpiece of the blockbuster 1989 trade with the Vikings that helped launch the Cowboys dynasty? Herschel Walker. Ravens linebacker Terrell Suggs sometimes claims to have attended what fictional institute of higher learning? Oh, boy. Uh, can I come back to this? Yes. What is the name of the Seahawks' home field? Century Link Field. Which third-string quarterback led the Texans to a surprise win during the 2011 playoffs? 
from um, NC State. Uh, 15 seconds. I am blank. Uh, I'll, I'll come back to that. The Jacksonville Jaguars and Carolina Panthers played their games, first games in what year? Five seconds. 1995. Uh, Time. Time? Sham, you got four correct. That's a good score. Mark, what is, Thank the, you. What is the math of that four out of six? Uh, four out of six is uh, it's a positive number. Yes. Good job. All right, here comes Wes. Coming into the room, Wes, who told me he studied a little bit. He studied and went home and studied. He was a little worried about corporate sponsorships, um, whether that would be a question that would be asked. I didn't tell him whether there would be one or not, but uh, who knows? I was advised by my attorney, Dave Damashek, that if I am asked <laughs> the corporate name of a stadium, that I should just get up and leave because it's too trivial instead of trivia. Well, I would never do that, though. All right. Sham, all you do is listen in and see if you're the champ. Wes, here you go. All right. What Baltimore Ravens player was named NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 2003? Ray Lewis. Who was the centerpiece of the blockbuster 1989 trade with the Vikings that helped launch the Cowboys dynasty? Herschel Walker. Ravens linebacker Terrell Suggs sometimes claims to have attended what fictional institute of higher learning? Ball so hard. University. What is the name of the Seahawks' home field? Century Link, the clink. Uh, more, we need more. Century Link field. Which third string quarterback led the Texans to a surprise win during the 2011 playoffs? TJ Yates. The Jacksonville Jaguars and Carolina Panthers played their first games in what year? 1995. Stop the clock. That was six out of six. A yes! perfect wow. score for Chris Wesley. Shot. Studying pays off. That was very impressive. Sham, <laughs> you, you put up a great effort. You actually got four out of six, which is an excellent score. But on this day, Wes was the trivia master. He keeps his toaster here. Congratulations, Wes. Thank you, Sham. <laughs> you know, in, in all true uh, rivalries, I think at some point we'll probably have to have the grudge match. Sure. Um, even though Wes would argue that he won both matches. Uh, you know, let's just say the first one was controversial. We'll never really know what, what it was about. This was more definitive. Wes w- played brilliantly. Layeth the smacketh down. Ooh, Sham, did you hear that? I did, I did. I can't wait for the decider. <laughs> yeah, so Sham, you just, uh, you just keep listening, and we will, uh, we'll, we'll be sure to bring you back for the grudge match. Thanks, guys. Uh, keep up the good work. And, uh, yeah, I'm also very uh, keenly uh, watching Raider games now uh, just because I want West to lose somewhere. <laughs> hey, Shum, I just want to say that I enjoyed that. <laughs> Thank you, Shum. You're a good sport. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. All right, you too. All right, so, Wes, that was very impressive. I think, Kay Rich, uh, behind the glass, you there? I'm here. I think uh, we should play one more time. I know there was a lot of... There were a lot of people on Twitter that were excited about taking Wes on. There a lot more heat than in the past when we play this game. That just shows that the podcast really is sweeping through America. Uh, do we have someone on the line that could take Wes on? We do. And let me tell you that I screened this person. He was pretty darn good, Wes. So I wouldn't be so, so confident. I know you did your studying, but be prepared for a good match. Mm. All right. Now on the phone is a true contender, Matt Harmon. Beware. What's up, fellas? Hey, Matt. Matt Harmon. How you doing? How you doing? Welcome to the Around the League podcast. Happy to be here. Where are you from, Matt? I am from Virginia. Lynchburg right now, to be exact. Who's your team? Uh, well, I've 
that's a complicated question. I went through <laughs> a weird thing. I've been a Panthers fan my whole life, but I went through a weird phase with them earlier this year. That, but then, then they started winning, so I guess I'm still a fan. <laughs> yeah, this is not the time to jump off the Panthers bandwagon. You must be a well, young fella if you've been rooting had, for them your I whole life. I had a moment after the Buffalo loss where I was just, that was that was kind of the dark point, and then ever since then, that you know they've really turned it around. So. Ah, the impetus for Riverboat Rome. Exactly. So now I now I can't hate on it, but you know I, I try to put on the analyst hat more than the uh, more than the fan hat. So yes. We'll so K. Rich screened you. She said that you were a worthy competitor. We just uh, don't want to scare you, or perhaps we do want to scare you. But Wes already took down Sham. Um, the uh, Rocky Balboa to his Apollo Creed, and West posted a perfect score in the first round of this game. So you are, this is your last chance to, wow. you are the last chance of the people to take down the champ. We told Matt uh, the rules of the game. He was aware of them, but we told him uh, before we came on. So now the time has come. Wes, you will now move back behind the glass. K. Rich, you behave yourself back there. <laughs> K. Rich, you can hit him with that stick I gave you if he gets out of line. Yeah, you know, you know I will. I know you will. And I respect that. I respect the hell out of you, <laughs> K. Rich. Thank you, as always. <laughs> All right. Matt, are you ready? Yes, sir. Let's I'm play. ready. What Cardinals rookie in 2003 caught a pass in his first 32 games? Anquan Bolden. Name the veteran kicker whose 38-yard miss in the 1998 NFC title game helped cost the Vikings a trip to the Super Bowl. Pass. Name the defensive back who played for a record 20 seasons for the Redskins. Daryl Green. Who is the New England Patriots all-time receptions leader? Pass. Who was the NFL's 2011 rushing champion? 2011. Bruce Jones-Drew? What coach made the following statement after a Super Bowl loss in 2006? I didn't know we were going to have to play the guys in the striped shirts as well. Ten seconds. Love you, Smith. Who is the New England Patriots all-time receptions leader? Three seconds. Uh, Ty Brown. Uh, time. Time. All right. Looks like you, Matt got three out of six. Three out of hey. six. Not bad. Five hundred. Yeah. Hey, listen. Some people aspire to mediocrity. Matt, you're not hey, one of those people. That's the Super Bowl one kind of a trick question. Wes is coming back in. Am I allowed to know how many he got, right? Uh, no, we're not going to tell you. No. All right. Fair enough. You get nothing. Well, six beats everything. <clears throat> Maybe. All right. Here we go. Okay. What Cardinals rookie of 2003 caught a pass in his first 32 games? Anquan Bolden. Name the veteran kicker whose 38-yard miss in the 1998 NFC title game helped cost the Vikings a trip to the Super Bowl. Gary Anderson. Name the defensive back who played for a record 20 seasons for the Redskins. Daryl Green. Who was the who is the New England Patriots all-time receptions leader? Have to go Wes Welker. Who was the NFL's 2011 rushing champion? Pass. What coach made the following statement after a Super Bowl loss in 2006? I didn't know we were going to have to play the guys in the striped shirts as well. Mike Holmgren. Who was the NFL's 2011 uh, rushing champion? Marshawn Lynch. Okay. Time. Looks like you got five. That's five out of six, and that beats three for Matt. Wes, this was a big day for Chris Wessling. Yes, it was. Your victory speech. Go ahead. Well, you know what? The toaster is mine, 
I'm keeping it. I've earned it, and no one else can have it. Matt. Whoa, what is this? <laughs> Seduction Wednesday? Some toaster love for you. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Matt, you, uh, you gave a good, you gave good performance. Three out of six is nothing to be ashamed of, but Wes was just on his game today. I mean, I, I should have known. Who's the 2011 rushing champ? Maurice Jones-Drew. Oh, I should have known that. Yeah. Feels I like a long time right. You did get that right. That's correct. Um, so thank you very much, Matt, and thank you for listening, and uh, thank you for playing Win West's Toaster. Absolutely. Thanks, Thanks Matt. for having me, guys. All right. Matt seems like a nice fellow. He does. All right. That's Win West's Toaster, a big victory for West today. He is the champion. No one can deny that. Uh, we will bring the game back. So uh, when the time comes and we call for more contestants, be, re- be ready uh, around the league podcast listeners because the man is oozing confidence right now oozing confidence but that is it for today's show we will be back friday of course where we will talk about that thursday night uh game between the broncos and the and the chargers uh we'll break down all of the week 15 games 15 wow it's almost over everything ends that's that's what this tells me it was like another eight or nine weeks when you factor in the playoffs then it goes right into draft and combat never ends dan oh so it never ends not for you it's kind of a mixture of everything ends and it never ends That's the NFL. It's existential. Um, So we'll be back. And until then, uh, this is Dan Hansa signing off for the victorious mailman, the sizzler, K-Rich behind the glass, Zach behind the glass, and the boss, wherever he may be. And Lyle, the intern, who messed up, almost messed up Win Wes's toaster again. Ugh, that guy. Until Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.